0: One one two Check me out right here, yo
1: turn the track up a little bit all up in my ears. The mic is loud but the music is loud.
2: All right, all right, let's rock and roll. Here we go, here we go. Back in action, streaming through your airwaves. It's third and three time, baby. Brought to you in conjunction with The Real Deal with my man Damian Adams and the root for Sports team. As always, our big three consists of the funniest woman in the sports world, and that's Nikki Gist, a sports host only most of us can dream to be as good as The Real Deal, Damian Adams, and my simple little self, uh, Jason Fearman, on Twitter at profit one Let's bring in the teammates. Ladies first as always. Nikki, darling, how are we doing today? We are good. We
0: have a wonderful weather weekend in Jersey. It's about time. Beaches look like they're going to open up for some sunbathing next week. So, you know what? We're doing good.
2: You know it would be interesting? Everybody's sunbathing out there like wearing a mask too. What kind of freaking tan would that look like? That'd be awesome. <laughs> everybody should do that. Everyone should do that. Dave, what's up, man? How's the West Side, baby? They're doing
1: good out here, man. They're starting to reopen things. Things are getting back to somewhat normalcy out here.
2: So hopefully everything, you know, stays good help-wise. But it's good to see people enjoying themselves again. Yeah, yeah, I definitely want that too. But I definitely want you all to stay safe as well. You know, this thing ain't over yet, but it's great that things, you know, are opening up and we can get back to some sort of normalcy. And hopefully we'll see, you know, sports again soon. But, yeah, sports has come back a little bit with, I know uh, Korean Baseball League, I know that gets us all real excited, but UFC and stuff. So we got some NASCAR if that interests you. If you want to drive around for four hours in a circle, then go ahead and watch that too. But then we got some stuff back. And speaking of sports, here's here's an interesting one. How about my boy Mike Tyson, going to be 54 in a freaking month, getting it going in the gym? What's up? What do you think about that, guys, huh? Right? (laughs) I think. We actually, um, at 3-Point Conversion, we did an interview with Evander Holyfield. I saw it, so, yeah. Maybe. That was great. And, and he,
1: you know, he said that he's down for it. You know, it's, down for, it's for charity. He wants to do it to, you know, help out and do, like, an exhibition a few rounds. So I definitely have no problem with it. It's something that will
2: bring back some nostalgia. And both guys are in great shape. You know, you just hope that they stay safe. But it's definitely something that I would hmm. love to see. Yeah, well, I just don't want to hear him. Throw in the damn towel. Like, God forbid, somebody, like, really gets hurt in some freaking, you know, uh, we have an Apollo Creed moment, God forbid, and freaking Rocky Four. I can't have that. So let's keep it clean. They better wear headgear and all that sort of stuff if they're going to do it because that's scary. But, damn, uh, yeah, that would be interesting. That would be interesting. It's like the sports world's doing anything to get us going. And, yeah, let's get a little something with us going before we get into our NFL talk. And we're going to do some last dance for you guys. Next week, we're going to get into it. We got a lot of MJ and we can't wait to talk about that. But speaking of Jordan, you know, we'd all love to see him play now against, you know, whether it was Kobe or, you know, he did play against Kobe again for a few years. We know that when Kobe just came in, but, you know, LeBron and these other guys and stuff. And we've always talked about the people who have saw MJ in his prime and when, we when we were old enough to watch him just to know that he's the greatest of all time. And it's basically hands down, yada, yada. I did look, you know, I argued for LeBron for a little while just because I like his all-around game better. But when you talk about killer instinct, little T's coming up, Michael Jordan, man, I mean, nothing better. But guys who came to mind in the basketball world also, I loved watching Magic Johnson. He was my favorite player to watch. I mean, the no-look passes, everything was great. I would love to see Barry Sanders rush in the game right now. I'd love to see Muhammad Ali fight again. I want to see Tony Gwynn up at the plate. Even in tennis, I want to see Serena Williams take on Martina Navratilova, like stuff like that. I want to know if Wilt Chamberlain would be any good in this era. Oh, you know what? I want to ask you guys that question, honestly. We didn't really get to see like a lot of Will Chamberlain. You know, Bill Russell kind of dominated him back in the day. But if you put those two big guys in now, Damien, let me ask you first: do you think, and I know it's really hard to say, we're talking totally different eras, I get it. But with the way the game is played now, do you think that that Wilt concentrating more on him instead of Russell, would it have been as good? I mean, he wouldn't be scoring on no damn 50 points.
1: No, no one would um, drop 50 points a game in a season today, but Wilt would definitely be very, very good. When you look back at Wilt and how athletic he was, he was somebody who would stand out today with his outstanding athleticism. He was a track star who played all sports and just happened to be seven two. you know, and... It, and just phenomenal athletically so at that time he just was an, like an alien I can imagine at that time when people saw him it just was like seeing something that you thought the world was going to end seeing somebody that big and athletic and right. so, yeah. so um, to, today there'll be more athletes who could you know contend with him but I still think he'll be very good and he would be able to move mobily in today's NBA and be able to you know, go around and pick and rolls and how the day is played with so much spacing. I think he'll be okay, and he'll be able to dominate down low. Teams will have to adjust to him being able to be so dominant in the middle, you know, and that would be very interesting to see as well. So I think he'd still be a very good player, getting you maybe 25 30 points a game, 10 to 15 rebounds, getting
2: you two to four blocks a game. He'd be very dominant today's game. i say it's a very well-thought-out answer. I didn't know if you were going to go there. That's pretty good, because I was thinking a little more on the other side, but um. Yeah, he would be like, kind of like Sh- the way Shaq was. I mean, to me, Shaq was the most dominating player I've ever seen just from a dominant standpoint. But just to decide, my my favorite Will Chamberlain moment of all time was him and Conan the Destroyer. Yeah, you're right. He was a great athlete, man. When he- his part, Mumbata and Conan the Destroyer with Arnold Schwarzenegger. If you guys have not seen that movie, go watch it. He is freaking awesome. I love it. Nikki. I want to turn it a little bit different to you with LeBron, the guy that we're watching nowadays, the king. I mean, I don't want to get into the is MJ better than LeBron or anything like that, but put, Le, put LeBron, I guess, back when MJ played. You know, I know the competitiveness. Obviously, we also talk about Jordan and his competitiveness and whatnot. But do you think LeBron would have been able to handle the Pistons and those guys in those days? Because, again, he's... No, he'd be crying. He'd be
0: crying. <laughs> well, right, that's the whole thing. What's not happening today? bad boy pistons no but look i think there's something to be said like if you are just have this innate talent i think you can drop somebody who is just crazy talented in an error well yeah the game is completely different but i still think they're gonna hold their own but i don't know if he can handle the abuse that mj took i don't think so
2: well, that, I, I, yeah, he took some abuse, man. Wow, you ain't kidding. Have you been watching The Last Dance? And we all are. He took some serious abuse. And you know what? He earned everything he got. I can't wait till we talk more about that. going to be a lot of fun. It really, really is, no doubt. But it is football time. Before we get to The Last Dance, last episodes are tonight, 9 and 10. Can't wait to watch it. I will be awake for that, no doubt. And if not, that's what DVRs are for. But third and three time, let's get the thermostat out. We're going to take the temperature around the league. We got three of the NFL's most interesting topics at the moment going on. And for us, we looked at the NFL schedule because what the hell? We ain't playing yet. So let's take a look at that first. There's a lot of games that are jumping out to me that I want to see right away. A few that jump out as a 49er for me. I'll just go with one. And I want to get your guys' thought on this one. Halfway through the season, we got Jimmy G going against his Patriots. And I'm thinking that Bill Belichick is going to blow the game on purpose just to prove to everybody that Garoppolo was the guy. What do you think, Nikki?
0: <laughs> I could see him doing something like that, right? <laughs> yeah.
2: If anybody would, he would.
0: What week is that game?
2: I think it's week nine. It's right in the middle of the season. Right. I know that.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's definitely interesting. I wanted to see if I circled because I literally went through and I was like, oh, no, you know what? I have week nine. I have my Saints in my box. My-
2: oh, Wow. <laughs> That's a good one. Damien, that's a good one. I know that you can't wait for that one. That's for sure. Yeah, the
1: Saints have a lot of good matchups. Um, Saints-Bucks, definitely. Yeah, week one will be a good one. Um, the one that I'm trying to go to and um, trying to get tickets for right now is Saints-Raiders, first game in Vegas. Wow. And I'm definitely trying to go to that one. Saints might float them out, but just the fact that it's the first game in Vegas and you get. revenge there. It's a Friday night game. It's going to be definitely, you know, interesting. So, I'm looking forward to that one. Saints Chief Week 15, like the Saints schedule is packed this year with interesting games. So, I'm going to be nervous all year. <laughs> <So I> definitely-
0: <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, that I see. Be great. Yeah, he yeah, just wants to go be to the great casino. New stadium.
0: I really wish MetLife would. I know. Oh God, please. They need to upgrade that. <laughs> they need to do something at the
2: stadium. Nikki, oh, girls. No. Speak, speaking of MetLife, the 49ers are going to spend a couple of weeks in uh, New York, New Jersey area. They got the Jets week two, and then we got you guys week three. Uh, sorry, you're going to lose that game by a lot, a lot of points. That, I'm, I'm sorry in advance. I apologize. Yes, I'm like, dang,
0: man, I will not be spending the season stressed out because uh, <laughs> I feel like we got nothing to go play for. Just, I would like to see some improvement. But, yeah, no, you guys are probably going to have a, a great time
2: here. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Two and three. Be
0: fun for you
2: guys and the 49ers fan base, not so much for us. I want to get both you guys' thoughts on this game. It's a Monday night football game. It's the Bucks uh versus the Giants. Um, so again, Nikki, I know you love that, and the Bucks again with Tom Brady and the whole deal. I think it's great timing. It's week eight because we should have a really good idea of what both of those teams are gonna look like going forward, and if either one are gonna be in the playoffs and whatnot. So I think week eight, that's gonna be a really interesting game with Tampa Bay and the New York Giants, uh, Damian, knowing where those two teams basically are at that point, I think that should be a really exciting Monday night football game. And, you know, again, seeing the improvement from the Giants and definitely Tampa Bay roster-wise, uh, I like that one. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, and no, I definitely can tell that would be an interesting game if the Giants are a team that maybe surprises us and then you have the Bucs who at that point sit jail, Like with the Saints, um, that's one thing I'm glad about the Saints facing the Bucks week one. I think we'll have the advantage facing them the first week of the season with them having a new offense and all these new parts. But by the time that game comes around, we should see Tom Brady into his groove and Gronk getting back in the shape and all these types of things. So I think it's going to be a good matchup to
2: watch and see exactly where the Bucs are and if Tom Brady still has it. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, Nikki, I definitely want to go to you with this one. This is your team over here. And yeah, by that time, you should know where your team is at and what, what, what you're looking at right now, right?
0: Yeah, I, well, let's, I hope not. I don't want to get destroyed <laughs> by them, but, you know, I, like I said, I, I'm not expecting a ton this year from them, but it is a good, it's like that sweet spot. You kind of, like, start knowing what you got with your team, the identity going forward. Um, but week eight, I'm interested in uh, Patriots-Bills by then, yes. 49ers-Seahawks, Bucks giants and Colts-Lions, I think is going to be pretty interesting by then,
2: too, mm. t- t- as well. Colts-Lions, not a bet. You know what? Before we go to a few more games, Damien, you popped on something real quick with week one, how the Saints have the edge, no doubt already, against Tampa Bay because they've been together for so long. Some team They're talking about opening training camp to teams early, to earlier than other teams, you know, teams that are in states where, you know, they're more on lockdown and whatnot. To me, right off the bat, guys, I think that's completely unfair. I get it. We're all in different positions right now around the country, but – I think in the NFL or in any professional league you really need to have a level playing field, no pun intended. So, Nikki, let me go to you first and then jump over to Damien. To me, I think all the teams should have to wait and start on time and really wait for each other, and there shouldn't be any competitive advantage except for maybe, you know, everybody can have virtual meetings, but I don't think that any team should be allowed to start practicing more than a week out from any other team. What are your thoughts, Nick?
0: Yeah, no you on that I don't I don't see how that's fair and I do completely understand I know you know there are certain states who have the ability to open up and use facilities but I just don't think that's fair to give you know half the teams maybe you know in the Midwest and the West Coast an advantage and everybody on the East Coast is kind of screwed and lagging behind so Mm -hmm. I agree with you I think we need to try the level of playing field as best as we can.
2: Yeah, Damien, I know that you might like it for week one, but uh, in generality, uh, what do you think about that? <laughs> well, yeah, no, I definitely agree with
1: you that everybody should have to wait. That's one thing that could be at a disadvantage for the Saints because New Orleans is one of the places that got hit kind of hard by the virus. So those facilities are gonna be open for a while. So that could be where the advantage is taken away because Florida, you know that Florida
2: doesn't really care about the rules and they're gonna open things up. That's right. So they don't care at all. You know, when do they ever? You guys watch the
0: news, there's always like some crazy shit going on. It's always Florida, Florida, Florida.
2: <laughs> I don't know why I moved here. I, I'm getting out, I'm telling you, next next time there's a plane, that next time there's a flight, I'm going to Arizona, I've decided that's it. That's where I want to be. I'm out of here. <laughs> this place is horrible.
1: No, Nice, but um, with Florida, you know that they, you know, they don't really care about the consequences, so they're going to open things up, and that's where Tampa really could catch up to the Saints because Louisiana may not be open up for a while as far as being able to do all these things. So I agree with you; it should be even playing field. That's the one thing we love about sports, right? That, yeah. You know, no matter what your situation is, when you get in that field, you have an even mm-hmm. chance against that team.
2: You just got to be the better person that day. I like it. I like it. Very well said. Very well said. All right. Hey, a few more matchups. Let's get to this Um, because, you know, we got a few more, and there definitely more topics for you guys out there. So we're going to get as much in as possible. Um, Week 15, Uh, Dallas. Let me see. Dallas, week 15. Oh, who did I have them against in week 15? Darn. But you know what? There is a Monday Night Football game week three that we should all be looking to, and that's uh, Chiefs-Ravens. And everybody's talking yeah. about them being, you know, 1-2 in the AFC, maybe 1-2 in the league. Right now, to me, the Ravens, they're just, I don't know how they're going to lose the game as far as Lamar Jackson staying healthy. I think J.K. Dobbins was such a great pick. And then beefing up the the defense again, we talked about these guys. I'm telling you, man, Baltimore Ravens, they are so legit. I already have them winning that Monday Night Football game. And I don't have them losing a game unless they slip up against maybe Pittsburgh this year. I don't, Nikki, I mean, that should be definitely a game that everybody's going to watch that game, no doubt. Yeah, everybody already
0: be hyped for this game. I am. That's the one I circle. I'm with you. I think that I, I don't see where they lose unless they trip up against a division rival, which does happen. We know that. They'll split. Like I said a few weeks ago, I think Pittsburgh, if they get it together, it'll be a pain in the butt for the Ravens. Maybe the Chiefs could probably take them down, but I really, I'm on the Ravens bandwagon for the moment.
2: Yeah, me too. I know, Damien, where you at with that one?
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I got the Ravens in that game, and I'm looking forward to that matchup. Should be a great
2: one. Monday Night Football, stepping it up. You know, they usually
1: don't get the good matchups like that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad to see that
2: you know, ESPN is getting some good matchups this year, and that's, yeah. really, that's really a good one. They did. Another big division game, Monday Night Football, Week 14, Ravens at, at Browns. You know, I think the Browns are going to be a better team, maybe that last playoff uh, spot. But I like – here's an interesting one. Let me ask you guys this one to close out kind of like the uh, the matchups that we're looking at. Unless you have any more, of course, shoot them out. But maybe not the most, you know, the most pretty game out there. But the Steelers versus the Browns to close out the regular season. Damien, I can see that being a matchup for maybe the last team to make the seventh spot in the AFC. Steelers versus Browns, last game of the season. I think that has major implications on what the playoffs turn out to be.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think it could be major either way for either team or both at the same time when it comes to that matchup. I love how the NFL ends the season with divisional matchups most of the time. Yes. Because with matchups, usually it could be for the division. We've seen it in the NFC East. Like, it seems like every year in the NFC East, the last game is for the
2: division. Is. <laughs> but,
1: <you> know, <laughs> you'll, it uh, is. You'll see that usually one of those games has major implications for the playoffs, raising home field advantage. I definitely agree that still is Browns. It be a very important game, and those games are always good. No matter how bad the Browns are, they usually you know, come for the Steelers. Even if the Steelers officially win, it's always a good physical matchup in the AFC North. So I like that
2: matchup at the end of the year. That's true. That is true. Yeah, Nicky, yeah, yeah, close it out with me over here. Steelers-Browns, that last one, I, I definitely think that can, like I said, have major implications on the playoff picture. And if Big Ben is back for the Steelers and he's healthy this year at age 38, I believe it is, You know, do you think that makes them one of the better teams in the AFC? Uh, Or maybe do you think the Browns are a little bit better than them? What do you think of that overall?
0: Oh, no. I think if Big Ben can pull it together, I think maybe just experience will give them a little bit of the edge. Uh, I'm not riding that high on the Browns. You guys know that. I want them to for their fans. I do want them to pull it together. I don't have a lot of faith. But I will say week 17, I've said this a million times, you know, sports to me is the best reality TV. There is, Even if my team's not playing, there is nothing like that, you know, playoff spots on the line, somebody's heart's going to get broken, and it's amazing to watch. <laughs> <laughs> so they know the fans. You just
2: sit there, you're so stressed, you want to puke, but it's a great feeling. Very well said. And Nikki, it's the only reality TV. Even those reality TV shows, there's a whole bunch of scripts in there. You're, you're right. Sports is the greatest reality TV. Yeah. Know that about it. I love it. I love it. All right, guys, we're rocking and rolling on third and three over here. Um, We'll take a break in a few, but uh, I wanted to get something um as we're going off these schedules over here and looking at some of the better teams in each conference I want to look at maybe who we think the top four teams in each conference are going to be. Not necessarily who's going to win each division, but maybe the top four teams in each conference. So, starting with the AFC, I think two that we can knock out right off the bat, guys Ravens and Chiefs. I mean, they're in our top four. Can we argue that? Yeah. No, not at all. Not at all, right? Not a shot. But that's when it gets really interesting after that. You can no longer say New England because we really don't know what they're going to be right now. All right. Um, you can't say Pittsburgh because we saw what happened last year. They have an amazing coach, which kept them in it, but we don't know what's going to be with Big Ben. So these are, these are tough. I mean, it used to be Indy was a sure thing. They had Andrew Luck. Uh, the Chargers now they're going into a diff- it's it's a whole different story now. I don't know. I don't know who the third best team in the in the AFC is going to be, but if I had to take a guess, I think it's the I think it's the Colts and Philip Rivers being there again behind that offensive line. Getting Jonathan Taylor in the draft, being very physical. They run the ball half the time. They have an amazing offensive line, a very good defense, underrated. I like the Colts a lot in the AFC. I think that, I told you guys before, they're to win their division, and I definitely think they're a playoff team. So I uh, want to get to both of you guys. Damien, who would be your third or your fourth or a couple of teams that you would throw in there that would top out, closing the top four teams in the AFC Conference? That's
1: a, that's a very good question. Like you mentioned, it's not going to be easy to determine who those teams are. But the team that stands out to me right now is Buffalo. Good call. So I think that Buffalo takes a step forward next year, going off the momentum of what they did last season, and that division is wide open for them to become the top dog in the AFC East. Josh Allen should take a step forward this year. You know, everything is you know if you know, but when. That team, you know, improved their defense, improved offensively. On paper, everything looks good to go as far as them getting better. So Buffalo stands out to me as far as a team that should be good there. Um, As far as the fourth-best team, yeah, with the AFC South, I can see the Colts coming into that position because that division's wide open. Because the Texans, you just don't know with them with Bill O'Brien, like what dumb decision he's going to make next. Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, we all know that Jacksonville is, you know, tanking for Trevor, maybe. Uh, exactly. And yeah, so with the AFC South, man, I can see that the Colts coming out there being the fourth-best team. But it could be one of the wild-card teams that actually is the fourth-best team, you know, but happens to have to play on the road, come playoff line, like Pittsburgh, like we mentioned. Or even, just thinking now, it could be one of the teams in the AFC West. It could be Denver. It could be. small things Denver could emerge as one of those teams that surprises us this year with the weapons they have. and Drew Locke is really that guy. Uh, we only saw a sample side last year, but he did look good. He
2: did right. look you know, very good. So it's very interesting, but Buffalo stands out to me, and the Colts, I agree with you there. to could be the fourth best team. Yeah, and it, you know what? So I I do agree with you. I had the Bills and the Colts as my third and fourth. I'm with you on that one, and a lot does depend on Drew Locke. I don't know if Nikki's going with the Broncos. I, I don't want to take it too much fire away from over here, but Nikki. We got the Ravens and we got the Chiefs, no doubt. Um, it seems that Damian and I definitely agree on maybe three and four with the Colts and the Bills. What are you thinking?
0: I actually am right there in lockstep with you guys. I'm pretty high on the Bills this year. Um, like we keep saying, it's really their division to lose. I think if, it, if there was any year they are going to do it, this is the year for them. I can see the Colts coming up. I Like I said, I think that They've got sleeper team written all over them, so I'm giving them a little bit of something here, but I'm kind of with you guys. Um, Yeah, I would say probably Colts, and I'm I'm pretty high on Buffalo. I'm hoping they pull through.
2: Me too. Get something going. Like like we said, there's always a team that jumps out of nowhere and becomes like, oh, my God, I can't believe what they're doing this year. Maybe it is the Raiders or maybe it's the Chargers. You know, who knows? Maybe it's the Broncos again. You know, you know, I, I like them also. I'm with you, Damian, on that one. But uh, I am also rooting for the Bills. I like Josh Allen's game. And now you got Stefan Diggs out there. To me, there's really no excuses at all. You have to do it, and you have to win at least the playoff game this year to be considered relevant. Uh, before we go to our commercial, let's do the NFC. um you know the 49ers if you guys want to argue that okay you're you're stupid so just try not to alright i'll make a fool of you but um i think Damien, right <laughs> <the next one. laughs> but damian i think i think our teams are the two top in the nfc right now and going to the other two we could figure out but i think the niners and the saints are the top two in the nfc damian yeah, I
1: agree with Niners Saints. You also got the Packers in there from what they did last year. Even though, with me, I felt like that 13-3 and three had a lot of luck involved last year with the Packers. I could see them taking a step back. Uh, me too. Also, in the NFC, so you look at 49ers Saints, if the, Packer, if the Packers fall back, I could see the Vikings taking over that spot in the NFC North. Mm-hmm. And as far as the the NFC East, I don't know if that's going to be the fourth best team, but team to win that division, um, I could see being Philly um, or Dallas. And for the wild card spots, it's going to be tough, man, the NFC, to determine who the top four teams are. But you're going to have the Bucks. They're going to be in there. They could be a team that, could, if they don't win a division, still be a top four team as far as talent and you know being the best in the division. It's going to be really tight there in the NFC to determine who the best teams are. You'll have the Vikings there again. Packers will be in the conversation, even if they're not in the division. So, yeah, it's a really tough and tight
2: races. We're looking forward to the NFC this year. The Packers are going to be interesting. I think that they could surprise some people and still pull out maybe 11 wins this year. They still got Aaron Rodgers who's going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder, no doubt. I love your call about the Vikings. I have them in my top four. Um, I think even without Diggs, they take a step up this year. They run the ball so well. They have three running backs for God's sake. I mean, and again, Dalvin Cook, you're not missing anything when you put in Addison. It's just like, you know, the same thing. They keep running and running and Kirk Cousins, He's still, I mean, we, people get on him, but he's an underrated quarterback. The guy does a, an excellent job. The Bucks, um, right there, I think that they're going to be in the playoffs. How good they're going to be, I'm not so sure yet. But a team that I'm getting higher on, Nicky, I know you're going to hate this one, is the Dallas Cowboys. I think that they really are going to put it together this year, a better coaching staff. And if that goes in with a good, positive mindset, I don't know what the situation is going to be. We have until July 15th to find out if he's going to sign a contract. But... All, all those players, and again, having a year the way they did last year, I think Niners, Saints, Vikings, and maybe Cowboys are the top four. So if you agree with Niners and Saints, what are your other two, Nikki, in the NFC? Yeah, no, I'm
0: kind of with you guys there. We'll see what Tampa Bay does. I, I You know, it breaks my heart. I don't want to say the Cowboys, but I, I do think they're going to have a good year. I think they'll put it together. They'll emerge. um yeah, I'm kind of there with you guys. I feel like the NFC, though, is always the toss-up. And for a long time, the AFC, like, right, you could pull up the playoff spot and you can kind of plug in most of it with the exception of one or two teams. But the NFC, it's just so amazing to watch because you think you got it. And then all of a sudden, you know, here comes, like, the Falcons and they just want to ruin everybody's party. And, and <laughs> so I am excited to watch the NFC, yeah, and see what happens, so – but I'm generally there with you guys. It's just tough to uh, tough to call now, but I, I think the Cowboys will have a good year. Unfortunately, because their fans are going to be obnoxious.
2: Uh, yep, as always, as always. Yep, and oh, fan bases. Ooh, wow, you, Ooh, got a niche right there. We might have to talk about that coming up after the commercial break. That sounds interesting. But yeah, the cow. I don't know the Cowboys. Uh, we're not. I can't get into MVP talk too much right now. But I even have Dak as a potential MVP candidate this year. And that sucks also because I'm a NIDA fan, so I don't want to see anything good out of them. So, guys, let's take a really quick commercial break right now. Let's get that out of the way. We'll come back. We'll talk a little more football before we get out of here and try to enjoy the rest of our Sunday. All right? Sound good? We shall be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Hang in there third and three with Nikki, Damien, and me. three podcasts. That's right. We're the third and three freaking champions. Don't get it twisted over here, but the last dance is coming up. All right. Episodes nine and 10 tonight. We're talking about it next week, but we're still on football right now, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, kids of all ages. Let's keep rocking and rolling. What do you say? We were talking about fan bases We were uh, right before how the worst is the Dallas Cowboys. Mike, we just all hate them. That's the same thing. Like with the Yankees guys, you either hate them or you love them. And that's the Cowboys right there. And I'm definitely on the hate side of things. I'm with you, Nikki, all the way. So we can partner up on that team anytime you want. Oh, good.
0: Yeah, I would say them. I mean, you guys, the Eagles stand there. And I have very dear friends of mine and family members, unfortunately, that are Eagles fans, but they are the worst. I mean, I've had beer bottles thrown at me. I've had <laughs> people at me at NetLife. You know what I mean? So, just like uh, you couldn't pay me to go to a game at Lincoln Financial. I mean, they are just <laughs> brutal. Well, I don't know if you guys in Canada have any encounters with them, but they're pretty
2: brutal. Yeah, I mean anybody who throws uh, snowballs of sand is, you know, pretty messed up. There's no doubt. I think the whole entire NFC, the East Division is the worst in football, maybe. So, that that might be my top four right there. Yeah, pretty tough out there. Maybe what you know, DC. I guess maybe they just chill. I don't know. So many politicians at the game. Maybe that's what it is. Goodness gracious. Well, yeah. Let's talk Steelers about some of those. Pretty, Steelers
0: are pretty annoying too. I don't know if you guys know any Steelers. <laughs> they're
2: pretty obnoxious. Yeah, yeah, they're around too. Steelers fans. Are, that's that's the thing. Steelers fans. Everywhere. They're all they're over everywhere. the country, right? Just like cowboy fans. They're all over the country. Same damn thing. They're just all over the place. Like, yeah, uh, don't get it's a good thing that they don't wear their starter jackets down here. We don't have winter. Otherwise, we'd be breaking a lot of people's jackets and ripping them right off their damn shoulders. <laughs> Bring on your starter hat. Oh, remember those days? Oh, God, I'm bringing it back. It's got to be the shoes, baby. Okay, what was your guys' first starter
0: jacket? And mine was um, a Chicago Bulls
1: starter jacket. Oh, that's Perfect. <laughs> I had a Charlotte Hornets one.
2: I was a big fan of that Get out of here. Me too. Charlotte Hornets. It's so funny. So is mine. It's all about Larry Johnson, bro. That's crazy. I don't believe it. That's amazing. And they were like that brand new team that had the aqua color, you know, that came out in the NBA. So it looked all cool and stuff. Yeah. Wow. That is funny. Oh, you're going to, Nikki, you're going to hate me. I did have an Eagles one. I don't know why. Somebody bought me an Eagles starter jacket. I ripped the hood off. It it didn't look, it didn't look good. Had to get rid of (laughs) it. The coolest one I ever had, though, was the Michigan Wolverines. It was just such a nice-looking jacket, man. Don't you like that, Nikki? Yeah,
0: I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wrapped my Bulls, starter for, oh, my God, a long time. But that
2: was the only one I had, yeah. Damien, did you have another one? Do you remember that? Maybe one of your favorites? But as far as the start, jacket, I had a Bulls one as well. You know,
1: I was a big Jordan fan. And being somebody who wanted to play basketball, I had a Bulls one and had the Honest one. Um, I had a Phoenix Suns one too, I like those colors. Um, never did at that time, I had no idea I actually moved to face one day
2: it
0: <laughs> <front of> <laughs>
1: I had, I had that
0: one too those are
2: my starter jackets. i love it i love it yes remember in those days oh that was great couldn't wait to get another starter jacket another one my friend had an amazing miami hurricanes when it was white and with the orange and green it was freaking beautiful he wouldn't let anybody touch it. i swear to god he would have broke your fingers <laughs> he, was, he was, <laughs> those understand that. Those yeah yeah they they, they they were man they were oh my god the hurricanes back in the day too but yeah, we're talking about some of the best and worst fan bases, and we're such a good mood. So we're talking about some of the best so far, and it's amazing. We keep talking about some of the best teams in the NFL. They kind of like coincide. But if you ever been to a Chief game before, or have you ever walked anywhere within a four mile radius of that stadium, and you smell that food, and you see those fans, and then when you get there, how loud they are, and they have their own freaking national anthem after the national anthem is like, and then it's you know um, what is it? how does it, and um, you know long live the brave and all hail the chiefs or something like that. They say at the end, it's yeah. just right. It's just crazy. So as far as fan bases go, they may be, be, be the best out there. I don't know, Damien, who, who's better than the chiefs.
1: Not a, that's a very good one. That's one of my, um, to do lists is to go to a chiefs game in Kansas city, eat some good barbecue. Yeah. And just, you know, start the game there. Um, you know, as far as, I like really like Seattle fans, I always have a good experience with them. They always Usually when I interact with a Seattle Seahawks fan, they really know the game. And mm, right. they're very, very passionate. And that's one of my, I want to go to one of their games too and really feel the ground sink. You know, some of the, even as a Saints fan, I have bad memories thinking of how good their fans are. You think about the Beast Quake game. And then making it shake when Marshall Lynch broke every tackle from every same player. Yeah. He ran down the field and then did his famous celebration. He jumped into the end zone, uh. and, you know, holding parts of his body. So <laughs> it's, it's something that, you
0: know, it's <laughs> pretty to me, But I got
2: to go with Seattle. It's one of the best fan bases. I do like their fans. Uh, unfortunately, I agree. They, they really are. There's no dad. Yeah. I think that they hit like the seismic, uh, the seismic meter or whatever records earthquakes. Yeah. They, they erupted that that was, that was the best football player I've ever seen of all time. That beast quit That was just like amazing. I, unreal. Nikki, what about you? We got, um, we're talking about the Seahawks, the Chiefs. Um, I got a few more, but who's on your mind?
0: for the best, well, so just a little side note, my, so my husband, um, and his dad, they have like this little bucket list that they want to visit every stadium and they're both Ravens fans. So last year they went to that Ravens Kansas city game, terrible for them, but the <laughs> barbecue was amazing. So I bet. And they had a good experience. Um, yeah, no, they're they're pretty good. I actually would say Ravens fans are pretty good. I don't know if you guys have had the Crabby Tops at NFC Stadium, but they're amazing. Um, no, they're a good fan base. I know people think the Giants – what do you guys think of the Giants fan base? I know the stereotype is that we complain. Um, yes. Going into one of our games is like, you know, he's just a bunch of scodgy old stuffy people and the Jets have the younger
2: fan base. <laughs> so what are your guys' perceptions? Oh, well, you know, it's kind of – you're right. The Giants do come off as whiny and everything because they've won, you know, championships recently, obviously, and it just never seems to be good enough. So, you know, but I don't have them on my list of worst. I have the Jets on my list of worst. They're pretty – tough. my best friend is a Jets fan, so he basically represents all of them, and he thinks they're going to win the Super Bowl (laughs) every year. So (laughs) – Matt, who do you think's Matt? Who's your Super Bowl prediction this year? Well, the Jets said, all right, that's it. I don't want to hear it anymore. It's always the Jets, the Jets, the Jets. They're not going to win. They haven't won since 69. It's not going to happen. So the Jet fans are worse than the Giants fans, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, when I think the Giants fans, I just think of maybe being
2: a little too loyal. Like for me, <laughs> I'm not the biggest Eli Manning fan. So I've seen the worst
1: side of those Giants fans when I, you know, display my opinion on Eli Manning and, you know, she be in the Hall of Fame and things of that nature. So I've, I've gotten the worst of that, but you guys definitely bring it as far as your passion. So I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've definitely seen the, the worst side, the back side of Giants fans uh, when, I, when, I, when it comes to my podcast and what I've said about Eli Manning. <laughs> I appreciate that as well because you guys come with the passion.
0: Uh-oh, you're a hater? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We'll,
2: we'll save that for another day. <laughs> yeah, we, we can save it for another day. It'll definitely be a good conversation. Right, we'll, get to, we'll get to a little more of the hate of the fan bases, no doubt. I have, a, I have a couple more that I want to throw in there. Honestly, any time that you're a fan of a team that, you know, temperatures get below zero and you're still filling up the stadium, you're a great fan base. So I'm talking about the Packers, the Bears. Yeah. You mentioned the Seahawks, the Bills even. And you know what? The Cleveland Browns. Oh, yeah. The Cleveland Browns. I, you know what? They yeah, suck. The Browns. Fans. You want to talk about loyal. Yeah, right. I mean, come on. I mean, it, it's the crappiest stadium in the world. Everybody's ugly as hell. Okay. They all have dogs that smell and they come into the stadium and they, and they root for their team every year. <laughs> I don't know where this came from. It's just, you know, stupid stuff comes off my head sometimes, but, but no, that's the point. They lose every damn year and they're so loyal. They always show up. Yeah, no, that's very true. Browns fans are very loyal. Uh, I know that you know you said it about Jets fans. Jets fans are very loyal as well. The ones that have stayed with them through all this time are very loyal. It's true. Uh, that's true. And we are talking about some of the worst. I mean, like, like I really, I mean, half the teams on my list, Nikki, they really are NFC East teams. They, the, the Eagles are horrible. The Cowboys are terrible. But you know who the two worst are? And it's a real shame because they both play in L.A. where it's beautiful. Nobody goes to Chargers' Ram games. I mean, they open up the new stadium this year, and that's great, so let's see what happens. But nobody goes to the games. They they care about college way more over there. Am I wrong or am I right about this? They're the worst. No, you're right. The thing is, with the L.A. teams, I don't think it's the fans' fault. It's the
1: NFL fault.
2: That's a good point. Excuse me, for letting those teams move to L.A. Good point. With
1: With the Rams, I get it. They were there before. They had success there. With the chargers they were literally there for one year and the owner's like oh we have this history there there's going to be fans that remember those fans that remember the Chargers in la originally are all too old to go to the game yes. so the fact <laughs> that they had to make this a thing where they were going to be like oh the fans are going to remember the Chargers being there no the, in san diego they had a decent fan base there i lived in san diego for a while and if they put a, a good product on the field they would have been able to stay in San Diego. People would have bought more tickets. And San Diego is a good uh, city to visit. So you always had tourists there. So like when the Saints played the Chargers a few years ago and I went to the game, there were a lot of Saints fans that went to the game. So you had the stadium full, now you want to move and you're playing at
2: the soccer stadium. Well so I blame it on the NFL and the Chargers' ownership for them. That's a very, very interesting. That's very well thought right. out, Damien. I like that. I like that. All right. I, I know we're going to stay away from your Giants, obviously, and not on the worst fan base, Nikki, but I, I'm sure the rest of the NFC East is on your list. I'm curious who else you got out there.
0: Um, no, I think I covered them all. I just <laughs> think. <laughs> Because, you know, I, or even, even if you just go out to, like, watch a game or whatever, watch all the games on Sunday, I mean, I'm serious. There's always that, like, obnoxious, these Pittsburgh fans, like, they bring their terrible towels, like, in the bar and stuff. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> they're everywhere, like, cockroach. Like, go away, go away. I can't stand it. And they're always now. They always have something to say. I'm sorry, state of PA, but I just can't with you
2: guys and your fan bases. <laughs> yeah, yo, tell us how you really feel. My goodness gracious. Great balls yeah. of fire over here. Wow. <laughs> One more that really stinks is also the Jaguars. I think I saw four or five people in the stadium last year. That was about it. The Jaguars, they, they don't care about this team. That's why they're trying to go to London, for God's sake. At least fill up the stadium. Yep, no good over there. That, that was fun. That was pretty interesting. I like that. I like that. That was good. All right, let's jump into a little uh, more or less over here, more or less. So we're going to go more or less with a particular player and how many yards he may throw for, touchdowns, things like that, or even teams. All right, so uh, let's mix it up a little bit. Nikki Darling, let's go to you first. Lamar Jackson, the reigning MVP of the regular season. He was unbelievable last year, throwing for, what, 36 touchdowns and rushed for... God knows how many yards, but it was over a thousand. Do you think he does it again, more or less a thousand yards?
0: I w- um, oh, I want to say yes. My only hesitation there is: did we get a blueprint for how to stop him? Mm. Right. So that's my only hesitation. So I'm actually, I'm going to stay right in the middle. I'm going to say he's going to be right there, but maybe a little bit less because. You know, maybe everybody's figured it out a little bit now this year.
2: No, I like that. That's that's an interesting point right there. You know, we have now seen two years of Lamar Jackson, and I, I know that the Chargers, speaking to them, they did put out the blueprint in the playoffs a couple of years ago. Now, they certainly have changed. And um, my answer real quick, um, in conjunction with what you said, which is, which is well thought out, Nikki, that was really smart, also on the addition the addition of JK Dobbins, I think that they're gonna run the ball more with their backs and again try to keep Jackson out of harm's way. So while he may rush for maybe eight hundred, eight fifty nine, I'm not sure he's gonna be even trying to get to the thousand yard mark. So I'm gonna go under, Damian. What do you think? I'm gonna go over barely. I'm gonna go say like a thousand fifty. So we're in that range. Okay. I don't think he'll get
1: as many as he did this year, but he's still so very dynamic. I think they're going to want to use him. He's still, what, 20, what, two, 23, came into the league super young. I uh, mean, he's younger than the guy that we think is a baby Um, there from LSU and Joe Burrow. He's like, Lamar Jackson, younger than him because he's right. the league's rookie. You're right. So uh, he's still, you know, got young legs. They're going to use him. But I do think they try to tell it back a tail bit mm-hmm. just to. So eventually, you know, four or five years from now, he's at the point where he's only, you know, scrambling at times of
2: need instead of, you know, being used as a runner as much. All right. Well, I mean, listen, he's got the ability. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Let's see if they do it on the field. It depends on the play calls for sure. We'll see. And, uh, all right, uh, going to another uh, MVP quarterback, uh, MVP of the Super Bowl, and then the year before, MVP of the league, Patrick Mahomes. Not rushing yards, but passing yards. He went for over 5,000. Obviously dipped under that last year because of the injury and whatnot. So I went 4,800 passing yards for Mahomes. I know when they're going to throw the ball out of the backfield even more to uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire over there. So I'm going over, guys, 4,800 yards. I think he's going to have another monster year, Mahomes. Nikki, what do you got?
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm going to go over there. I just think, like, this kid's unstoppable, you know, bearing injury and stuff. But, yeah, no, I think he's set up for another monster year, like you said. So I'm going to go over.
2: I know it's a lot, Damien, 4,800, but what do you think? I think way over. I think he breaks Peyton Manning's record this year. Woo! Yeah. Look at that! <laughs> but, but, yeah, but, past yards in the season. Like, he's
1: healthy, that offense, and. They, yeah, you just mentioned they added another running back to catch up the backfield. and that team wants to throw the ball you know that's what they want to do and yep. Reed is known for not running the ball as much as he should
2: and with a Super Bowl in his belt he's not going to change now yeah so he's that's true even, even more so yeah I'm going way over yeah he's got you yeah, right man that's a good call on Andy Reed he's got carp launch now that he's won the Super Bowl he can basically do whatever the hell he wants yeah alright so we all agree on this one I should have made it 5,800 yards for God's sake okay maybe next time <laughs> alright how about Bucks wins? Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, I know some people are on this side, some people are on that side. So I, I don't know. I got ten wins for the Bucks as the over, under, or the more or less. So Damian, let's go to you first, brother. Ten wins, more or less, for the Bucks. I'm a push. Okay. Ten on the dot. Okay. For for them, I think they're a good team, but I don't think they'll
1: be the best in that division. I think they'll be a playoff
2: squad. They'll be very formidable. Like I'm going twenty-six. Okay, the 10 and 6 was so right smack on the nose. Uh Nikki, you with him on this one?
0: Yeah, I actually am. If anything, I would maybe go slightly over, give him an 11, but I um, I think 10 is actually a pretty good number for
2: them. T- 10 is a good number for them. That's I guess that's why I had it there so I seem to hit it on the dot. If I had to go over or under more or less, I would say more if anything. I don't think they would be 9 and 7. I see more 10 and 6 or more maybe even 11 and 5. But again, it could be a very tough division. We know with the Saints, it's going to be tough. So uh, we'll see what the Panthers can pull out and if the Falcons want to rejuvenate their career. Let's see. But let's go to your team, um, Damien, with the Saints. Talking about Michael Thomas breaking the record last year. 148 receptions was it, I believe. Is Am I, am I right? I believe 149. Yeah. 149. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, don't let me shortchange him. Jeez. Wow. My bad. Sorry, brother. <laughs> All right, all right. So I don't know if he's going to do that many this year. So how about 135?
1: Oh, 135. I'm going to go under. I think that teams will be more, you know, synced on him. And plus
2: we did add Emmanuel Sanders. Yep, you're Um, welcome. So
1: I think that the ball will be more spread out. So I can see him. He'll still have a very, very good year. Uh, I can see him coming in at 120, 115, around that range.
2: All right. Nikki. what do you say? Yeah, no, I like it. I
0: think that's fair. I mean, yeah, like you said, Damian, they're going to spread the ball around, so I'm going to go
2: under. I don't think this team is going to run the ball much at all. I think they're going to throw it 60, 70 times, so I I honestly think that he's going to do it again. I think that he's going to be in the 140s, maybe. I'm going over. I know it's crazy, but he's that good, and Breeze loves him that much, Damian, right? And he loves him. Yeah, no, that
1: would be that would be awesome. He definitely is a great target. Him and Brees have an awesome connection. Uh, if he does it again, then you have to start looking at his all-time status at that point. If he goes to be you know, like two years in a row where he's in that range, that you know, 1,800 yards. At that point, you got like, man, you know, where does he rank right. all time? But these the years that he's put
2: together, these first four or five years. It's, it's absolutely nuts. Absolutely nuts is right. I mean, you ain't kidding. Yeah, you, you're going to have to start talking about him in that in that class. I don't care who's throwing you the ball, and he's got a 41-year-old throwing him the ball. So, you know, and, and again, it's not like he's throwing the ball downfield, you know, big time for 50-yard bombs and stuff. Michael, Town, he's just unbelievable. All right, let's get a few more in here. Okay, how about this one? Combination style. We were talking about the Buffalo Bills before, Nikki, and uh, we're all, you know, higher on him this year. We think that it's this year for them to take the division. And a lot of it rests on the arm of Josh, uh, Josh Allen, between Diggs and Brown. Well, they have 15 receiving touchdowns, not end-arounds or anything like that. 15 reception touchdowns for the between the both of them. Nikki, you think they could pull that off?
0: Oh man,
2: <laughs> this ain't easy. Geez.
0: Maybe I think I think so. I think I think they probably have a good shot at that. I think, I think
2: so. I have 15, so that would be maybe 8 for one, 7 for the other, or maybe a little bit more. Damien, what are your thoughts? I'm going to go over. I think that
1: they try to get the ball to step out dig as much as possible to make that trade worth it. So you're going to see some one-yard TD passes yeah. <laughs> <Some fun laughs> as well. Like, they're, they're definitely going to make sure that he gets the stats because they gave up a lot in that trade. So I could see him getting like ten touchdowns, and I could see you know, Brown
2: getting at least six. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go over so I don't know exactly how many it's going to be, but I I think that look, you got these two guys on the outside. You can't double cover both of them. So Allen, if he works on his accuracy, I think that I think it'll happen. So I'll go over fifteen receiving touchdowns for Diggs and Brown of Buffalo. Nikki, I know you're gonna love this one. Here you go. Ready? Tua, Tua, games played, 12, more or less. Uh, I'm
0: actually going to go less.
2: <laughs> okay, you are. All right, all right. So you don't I think can. he sees the field for what reason? What in particular? Um,
0: I I think I'm just a little bit concerned about availability. Um, okay. So I, I just think maybe a little bit under.
2: All right, all right. Damien, what do you say?
1: I'm gonna go under, but not for injuries. I'm gonna go under
2: because I think it's gonna take until week five or six before they finally get off the Fitzpatrick train. That mm, you see, that's where I'm at with you right there. When do they get off the Fitzpatrick train? Because they're not gonna, you know, take that train all the way to the Super Bowl. It's not gonna happen. So eventually, you got to put in Tua. Is it by week four, week five, guys? I, I, I'm, I think it's about twelve games. I think he's gonna start probably around week five, week six. So. I'm going to say over. I'm going to say over. He is their future, and if he's healthy, we got to play him. We talked about this already. I mean, you picked him fifth overall. You got to play the freaking guy. All right, let me get to another one. Here we go. Baker Mayfield, we mentioned his name before. Big year for him, just like Josh Allen. We know he can throw the ball. We know he can throw touchdown passes. I think he threw 29 in his rookie season, uh, breaking Peyton Manning's record, I believe. So he's got his boys out there. He's got even more weapons now with Austin Hooper. So, Nikki. Baker Mayfield, 30 touchdowns, passing, more or less. Oh,
0: gosh, I know. Uh, I'd say more, but slightly, slightly more. I'm kind of right there with you. I think that's a good number, but
2: probably a little bit more. Would you rather me ask you calculus questions as opposed to more or less? I could do that, too. I know I'm confusing (laughs) you. (laughs) Thank you. I love you. I love you. Uh, Damien, what do you say, 30 or more, more or less?
1: their running combination of Chubb and Hunt. Mm. Well, yeah, I'm going to go a little
2: less, but I do think his yards will be very high. Okay. All right. This one, this one's tough for me because um, I know he can do it, and I think Odell is going to just have not you know, not an no ish year, but certainly much better. Uh, I think there's so many guys to throw the ball around to, and they're going to be passing a lot. I know they're going to be running a lot. You're right because Chubb is fantastic. But I'm going to say over 30 touchdowns for Baker Mayfield passing this year. Yeah, we'll see. All right, let's get to a few more before we get out of here, guys. Um, One of my favorite players in the league is Saquon Barkley, and we all know what he did in his rookie season, set back last year due to injury and being on, sorry, not such a great team, but I think they're going to get better better this year, Nikki. So I think that Saquon Barkley is going to have a really, really nice year, and I'll even give it away now. If we're doing fantasy, I, I might take him number one overall. So the question is, will he have 2,000... All purpose yards. All right. Obviously, rushing and receiving. And I'm going to tell you right now, the answer is yes. Nikki, let's go to you. So, this is your team. 2,000 all purpose yards for Saquon. I say, hell freaking yeah. What do you got?
0: Um,
2: I hope. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> I love it. Um, That's no, great. Uh, listen, I do hope. Yeah, you know, we got Joe
0: Judge. You know, we got Jason Gary, new offensive coordinator. Um it depends on this offensive line so you know I'm I'm hopeful but I just I have to be realistic I'm, so I I'm
2: say a little bit less. Okay, I can appreciate realistic. There you go. All right, uh Damian, what do you got?
1: I'm going to go more. I can see
2: him getting mm-hmm. 13
1: 1400 yards along with 650 700 receiving yards. So, I think he go over all purpose yards. All that right. Like, well, first of all, what is his le- all his legs made out of? How somebody's legs? <laughs> <laughs> so, I think that he'll have a good season. He'll be able to carry a load with those legs,
2: and uh, you know, hopefully, stay healthy. If he stays healthy, I see him going over two thousand yards easily. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying, man. I really hope he stays healthy. He's one of my favorite players. Nice kid. Let's get a couple more before uh, before time runs out here, uh, boys and girls. All right, let me see. Let me see. Two. All right, here's an interesting one and one that you don't see much, Russell Wilson. He doesn't throw too many interceptions, but, you know, he'll be, he'll be in the single digits, just wearing the single digits. Guys, I put the number at eight this year because I think that it, it's t- – I don't want to get – you know, we'll save it for another day, you know, how much they're going to run between Penny and Carson. <clears throat> Excuse me. I apologize. Um, but, you know, the uh, um, you know DK Metcalf emerging now, so will they try to throw the ball more? Eight interceptions for, for uh, Russell Wilson, more or less. Nikki, what do you think?
0: I know, he doesn't really throw any interceptions. But I'm going to go more, but not by much.
2: Maybe 10. Okay, okay, which is not a lot. I think they've got a lot
0: of problems. <laughs> they got to work
2: out. So yeah. this might
0: be a little
2: bit of a, a off year for them. Very possible. And I, I, th- I think the team will take a step back in general. We'll see what Wilson does. Damien, what are your thoughts? Eight picks? I'm going to go less. Okay. i
1: to go less than eight. I think he has a phenomenal year individually. And we see how great he is as a quarterback. Now I'm not sure Seattle has a great year team wide, but I think he has a great year individually, and him and DK Metcalf uh, will really starting <laughs> to become a great combination, almost just as good as you know um, him and his favorite wide right receiver right
2: now. So. I'm going to go less than eight for Russell Wilson. Okay, and I'm going to actually agree with you because if if i got to be on one side or the other, I'm always going less with Russell Wilson on interceptions. The man just does not do it. Neither does Aaron Rodgers. I was going to throw him in there and do another one as well, but kept it with one with Wilson. Yeah, I think uh, maybe six, maybe seven at the most, so I'm going to go under as well. Last one, somebody who's going to be trying to sack Russell Wilson in a couple of games this year, and that's Aaron Donald. I'm not going to go with breaking the record, all right, but pretty high number. We know he can do it. 18 sacks for Aaron Donald this year. Damian, can he can he do it more or less than 18? I'm going to go less. It's not going to be his
1: fault. I think that the Rams are just, as a team, not going to be as good, which means that defensively he's going to get so much more attention from the offensive line than he did in years past. Like the years where he they got the Super Bowl, he was able to get more free because they had so
2: many other rushers. Um, so I think that because he gets double, triple teams, those numbers will go down a little bit. He'll still have a major impact, but I'm going to go maybe 16, 15 sacks. Well, I couldn't elaborate anymore. That's exactly what the hell I was going to say. So excellent job, Mind Reader. That was perfect. I have nothing to <laughs> add to that. <laughs> Nikki, how about you? Uh, Aaron Donald, do you think that he can have one of those just insane years uh, at 18 or more sacks, or is it going to be a little bit under? Yeah, no, I'm with you
0: guys. Things to be a little bit under just because... Like you guys said, we're all on the same page. That's
2: supporting cast, that team, not the best. So I think, yeah, the individual numbers take it. Yeah, I I do too. I, the Rams, I don't see so many great things happening for this year. They were nine and seven last year. Jared Goff, he's getting his best buddy Cooper Cutbacks, on off on offense. We're talking now, so we'll see what they could do. I'm interested to see the relationship between uh, Kyla Murray and D Hop and what they can do. And know, really quick guys five five ten seconds on this. 12 touchdowns for DeAndre Hopkins this game, more or less.
1: (laughs) I'm going to go go less than 12 just because it's the Cardinals.
0: (laughs) Be <laughs> that's nice yeah that's fair i guess yeah that's
2: that's a good point that's fair they got guys to spread it around to. they got christian kirk you know larry fitzgerald that guy love larry fitzgerald god let him keep playing as yeah. long as he can't let him stay healthy god bless god bless you guys man i have so much fun doing this every sunday third and three it's where i want to be it's where you guys want to be Make sure you listen to the show check out the sports column check out my man the real deal over here damien when's the next show coming up bro so, yeah, I'm going to do another.
1: I just did a, a show recently where we regraded the 2001 NFL draft. Go check that one out. Nice. Um, and I'm doing I'm doing one tonight where I'm going to recap the entirety of the last Dance documentary, so that will probably be out in the morning. So, go ahead and subscribe to
2: The Real Deal with Damian Adams. It's available wherever you listen to podcasts. No doubt. And Nicky E. Nick, tell them where you're at on Twitter real quick. At Nikki
0: Nick, 9384,
2: and on Instagram, although I don't really post. <laughs> but she is going to watch The Last Dance like the rest of I us. I am. I'm going to catch up. It is my fault we couldn't talk about it today. No. will be fully caught up by next week, I promise. Absolutely. We'll be back. We'll be talking. Of course, we're talking football because that's what we love most. But definitely, we're talking Last Dance, Michael Jordan, more next week. Guys, it's been great. Third and three. We are out.